0: all right um first of all i just uh, wanted to say a word about it's um, i appreciate your prayers and i've been very impressed uh during these times of how many people have stepped up and wanted to help and wanted to contribute and wanted to to express their concern i've heard from uh, people that i never thought i would hear from people from lowe's and the people here at the church and others uh, that I've that been in contact with and have expressed their concern and stuff like that. It's been, I've been very aware of uh, how many people have been just expressed concern, and I've been very, very humbled by that and very thankful. Yesterday, I went to Raleigh uh, to see, I have a, a, a cousin, and um named Sally Wilson and she is a member of a of the family part of our our when we have a family reunion we we're originally Bowers and Brewer family but the Wilson married in through one of the ladies and the Wilson's a real strong family as well and they're the four brothers in that family this was a couple generations ago were very close uh brothers and they uh, they were they Piled around together a lot and they went in. That was the Second World War. They went in together, not together, but they went in pretty much the same time. Three were on the Atlantic Arena and one was in the Pacific Arena. And they uh, worked out a scheme in their planning where they could, three of them that were in the Atlantic Arena, could meet in England for kind of a little mini reunion there during the time that during the war. And uh, they met at the base and they had such a um, such a, a good time together, doing things together that it, it, uh, elicited a, an argument, I mean, a, a, an article in the, uh, base newspaper. They had a, an article in there about the reunion and the boys getting together and so on and so forth. And one of the things that they did, uh, was that they got, sat down and wrote a letter to their mom back in the States, each one of them writing a, a paragraph or two. And then they, sent that off to her and then they also sat down and wrote a letter to their brother who was on the pacific front and um he was telling me this story uh, he told me he's dead now he about five or six years ago he was telling me this story he was with the b29 he flew a b29 and wow. and uh, he was telling me they sat down each one of them wrote a paragraph in that letter and sent it to him and he was telling me when he and when he was telling me i could tell even that was kind of an emotion for him that he said peter when i got that letter and read that. That was the loneliest that I've ever been in my life, because he knew his brothers had gotten together, and he wanted to be there, and he couldn't. And it was just really hard for him. This lady, Sally Ray, is a sister of those brothers, and uh, I, she, uh, every year at the reunion, she's always there, and the family's always there, and she's kind of a, an icon. And uh, but I, I've been, been thinking about her and and wondering to be sure that she knows the Lord. I know she's been active in the church, but I didn't know, you know, a lot of people honestly go to church, but they don't really know the Lord. They're church people without the Savior. They'll be Baptist in hell. Yeah. And uh, so I I decided, to, I've been thinking about it for a long time. So I decided while I have a Saturday off and I can do it, I'm going to go there and visit. So I did. I'm so glad I did. She. Uh, I have no doubt about her salvation now. She. From the time i got there she was talking about the lord how good he is bible studies she's been doing uh, The people the meet, you meet several people they they are talking about the lord and the things they're doing for other people and try to listen to them she said "You pray for her we've been trying to get her to come to meetings and said there are a lot of people here who don't want to have anything to do with christ and have nothing to do with them even church people she said and so uh, i'm really really glad it really eased my mind because i was going there and preparing to ask her about her relationship with the lord and stuff like that and then also her daughter, um, Ann Suber, was there. Ann is a real sweet girl. She knows the Lord, too. She's been very active. She's she's almost a tomboy in a way. She's very active. She um, does lifeguarding and other things like that. And, uh, so I had a good visit with them. And uh, when I left there, I did make a, a phone call to some of my friends back in Wake Forest all the way back because I didn't want to stop. I wanted to get back, so I called them by phone and uh, talk with them a little bit. And I'm glad I did that too. I had a chance to, to talk with them. I've got a text number I can text now. But uh, Sally, uh, Ann Suber Sally's daughter sent me a text that I found waiting for me on my phone when I got home, just thanking me so much for coming. She said, you have no idea how much it meant to Sally Ray. And this afternoon I got a call from Sally Ray and she was just saying, she really, really appreciated it. They asked me to stay for dinner when I was there and I did. And she said i wish if i'd known you were coming i would ask you to stay the night. you could have a bed here you could stay you could spend the night because we it was really good to have you we had a good talk a really good time and so i'm very i'm very glad I, I went i don't know that she's at the point of death but i do know that i kept thinking about her and so i just and she's in good health she moves around her mind is sharp and she's doing real well but anyway I was very thankful. And it made me think about the fact that God is working in not just my life, but in other people's lives as well. And Psalm 51, um, I wanted to just look at that verse for just a minute. Uh, that's the one of the best uh, Psalms dealing with repentance. And it's David's Psalm. And I'll be kind of quick because I, 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 we get started on that. It takes a long time to get over it. But In that psalm, um, we know from the text in Samuel where where David sinned with Bathsheba and then Nathan came and confronted him. He confronted him and told him after his sin that the child that had been born to him was going to die, that was going to be one of God's judgments. So we know from that and some other things that after David had had uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba and then had her husband killed Uh, and then they were married and they had a child. We know that there was at least a year of time that lapsed. And so as you read Psalm 51, when I first started reading it, I got to thinking that this this Psalm uh, followed immediately on the heels of Nathan's confronting him uh, but it may not be immediate. It may be a little bit of time. But my question is, and this, this is, a, is, my question is this, what was David doing in this period of time between the time that he had sinned and been confronted and then he wrote the psalm and, and confessed his sin to God? What was he doing? I don't know what he was doing, but I think the psalm here gives us indication that one of the things that he was doing was that he was trying to cover his sin with sacrifices and offerings through the religious system, that he kept going back to the system and offering sacrifices and offering these things that were supposed to bring God's forgiveness And, uh, I I think that two reasons, number one is because over and over again, um, he, he talks about being washed thoroughly, cleanse me, uh, the bones that you have broken or crushed, uh, against you only have I sinned, you desire truth in the inward parts. Um, he, he, uh, he says things which make me think that that he had really been involved in in the the religious system and it had not cleansed his heart like he wanted. It had not eased his conscience like he wanted. For example, in verse 7, where it says, Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Actually, it's probably better to read, If you will purify, or if you will cleanse me with hyssop, I shall be clean. And if you will wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Please make me to hear joy and gladness, and let the bones which you have... Have broken, rejoice, and hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. That's that's terminology of somebody that is under heavy guilt, and that the sin, that the, the sacrifice that they have have been making. And He talks about the sacrifices. Um, he says, um, He says in verse sixteen, for you do not delight in sacrifices. Otherwise, I would give it. And what he's saying there is the sacrifices that I've been offering—they don't bring you pressure. they don't solve the problem, they don't get rid of the sin. We can try to do that, by the way, by by doing things to please God in one area because we are displeasing Him in another area. We can try to can try to cover things up like this, but um, it, it doesn't work. He he prays back in verse uh, or says back in verse 12, renew me. Uh, see, renewed, restored to me the joy of your salvation, which means that that joy, that relationship had gone. And what does joy come from? It comes from being in a right relationship with the Lord. And when we are out of right relationship, that joy is gone. We don't have joy just because we are able to do some things. We have joy in that relationship with it. He says, sustain me with a willing spirit. Um, deliver me, verse 14, from blood guiltiness, because he was guilty of murder of, of, of a great man. Um, And he says, uh, then to um, verse 15, O Lord, open my lips, that my mouth may de- may declare Your pra- praise. So, um, and he says down and, and that You're not pleased with burnt offerings, the sacrifices of God. The sacrifices that God is seeing them not, are not or seeking are not just a sacrifice, but a a broken and contrite spirit. He wants brokenness over sin. He wants us to recognize that and to really come. Uh, come to him on that. and that doesn't come easy. Uh, it comes when our conscience when we listen to our conscience and we understand that the conscience which God has given us has been violated and that that's a that's a good thing. God has given us a conscience and that's a that's an important part of the makeup that he given us an emotional makeup and he, he uh, we need to listen to that. we need to let, some, let that let the conscience um, warn us of these things. And he closes out by by just uh, talking about that you will delight when these things are done you will delight in righteous sacrifices and real burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings which they were not bringing delight before but they will now because of the broken and contrite spirit and then young bulls will be offered on your altar. There will be a successful worship and a cleansing and forgiveness of sin. So I thought that was just to me interesting what was he doing before then i think he was going through the, r- the ritual of religious activity and stuff but it was not dealing with the issue because it was not it was trying to cover it up rather than confessing it and being broken before the lord that's a that's a good thing and i just have to say that i i would like to have that kind of spirit more frequently and more often um, it's easy for me sometimes to just kind of be so busy and not I don't mean to say that I'm committing adultery and that kind of thing, but it's easy to be insensitive to to my private life at times and the things that really, really matter and should matter. So, um, and I appreciate your prayers for me on my behalf too, as I seek to walk with the Lord and to be to be sensitive to Him. We pray for each other. That's a that's a real. I have people that be, that communicate back and forth, and we pray for different things like that, like with Brianna and their situation, and so this is really important to sustain each other and to hold each other and to encourage each other up because these are these are um, times in which sometimes it's, there's a lot of distractions that go on in our lives, and uh, we were talking about that at this Bible study, The Rebel, the other day. We were talking about what kind of things do you see in your life that distract you from a close walk with the Lord, they come between you and that close walk. and that, that we were thinking about. Actually, the first thing I thought about, the first thing was YouTube, because when I have my quiet time, if I open up and I always open up to see if there are any things that come in the text, and YouTube is right there. And if you hit that, you're me to get all kinds of garbage and stuff, just all kinds of stupid stuff as well as is interesting stuff. So I'm getting the place that I just don't watch it. I just don't. I don't like to look at it because it's like. Opening up a cesspool right there in front of you when you're when you're opening up your cell phone, and so um, I just I know they have a lot of stuff with John MacArthur on there, and I know they have a lot of G3 Ministries and stuff on there like that, and you have to watch them, and there's a lot of good stuff, but there's a lot of bad stuff you have to be against too sometimes. So anyway, um, let's we open in prayer, and I think Pete and I're going to do the elements tonight, and Rick, do you mind closing us in prayer? So let's let's just go before the Lord. Father, we do thank you for the things that we've been looking at. Thank you that you are holy. And you desire, as we have already seen, truth in the heart, in the inward being. You desire for us not to be effective in covering our sin or hiding our sin. You don't want us to be hypocrites. That's one of the things that you confronted the leader's about over and over and over again, that they were pretending to be something they were not. We don't want to do that. We acknowledge that we are needy people, (coughs) and we acknowledge that we are sinful, and we acknowledge that uh, if we were left to ourselves, we would be lost and lost forever. But because of your infinite mercy and grace, you have called us to yourself. You have opened our hearts. And I pray that you just really work in our lives. Tonight, we are gathered around you, and we seek to worship you, to remember you. You told us to do that, and we want to do it in obedience to you. We want our hearts to be touched, to be um, the object of your communication. And so we do come if there are things in our lives that need to be confessed and forsaken, I ask you to bring them to my attention and to our attention as well. And uh, I just pray tonight as we are gathered here, we are kind of small, but as we're gathered here, that you would have free reign in each heart and each life, and that you would be exalted here in our midst. We are not among strangers. This is your family, and we are your children. In fact, you you related that we are your brothers and sisters. And uh, we are just so glad that you have included us unworthy though we are in your family and that you have brought us here together tonight to celebrate our knowledge and remembrance of you and so I pray that you'll make this a special time and work in our lives and I ask this in the Jesus name.